Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, Senior Nice and dark today, dimly lit room, uh-huh. deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. Dark like my mood, dark like, dark like my outlook. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Andrew Cuomo. Bully perv, perv bully. A PB, a perv bully. And who is Andrew Cuomo? He's the governor of New York State. He's the gold standard for leadership. Gotcha. He's a perv bully. And because he's governor of New York, where all of the media lives, they are very excited about a story involving him. No doubt. Yeah, I think there's, there's there's absolutely a factor, although I'm, I'm picturing if one of your other notable governors was uh, called out as a bully perv, uh, I think it'd be pretty big news. Da-da, if the da-da. president said Gavin Newsom ought to resign, for instance, of uh, Cal Unicornia. True, that is, uh, that is pretty big. Pow, pow! That is a big deal. That the president of the United States came out and said a governor should resign. At his own party. Yeah, and his own party. Come and on. I truly oh, and, and deeply <laughs> apologize for it. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And if you don't follow this sort of stuff, it's because the governor of New York is a uh, pervo. Um, uh, and, and you know that, um, well, I'll mention this after we start the show officially. I hate to say anything before the official start. Right, because then it's wasted. It vanishes into the ether. I'm Jack Armstrong, and he's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, August 4th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, we approve of this program. We all vanish into the ether. Keep yep. it in mind. Yep. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. Won't this be jelly? Here it comes at Mark. The recommendations are uh, for kids under 12 uh, that they avoid being in places where they might get infected, which means recommendations of mask wearing in schools and that at home. <laughs> that old guy's a nut job. He's the guy that was on Fox News Sunday that I, uh, I, I had us play on Monday who said, look, it's, it's worth having kids all across America wear masks all day long in the entire country to save one or two lives. And I guarantee you. Most people don't agree with that. So he's one of those, if we could just keep anybody from getting COVID. He wants you to wear masks in your own home around your own children. That's the director of the National Institutes of Health, Francis Collins. Lighten up, Francis. Which, there's all kinds of reasons I hate that, including the idea that we got a clip we're going to play later. One of Biden's own COVID people talking yesterday about how masks, the masks everybody's wearing really don't do that much. Which I've I've got friends who've been saying that since the beginning. Turns out they were right. Uh, He said the N95, some of those, they really make a difference. But those masks, like I wear, like I wear. Of course, I'm only wearing this mask. See, this is the thing right now. Almost all of us are only wearing this mask because it's the only way we can come in this building. It's the only way I can come in this convenience store. It's the only way they'll let me walk in the door of the restaurant. Is right. the, so I don't care that this doesn't do anything because I'm only wearing it as a show anyway. Yeah, Because I'm not worried about getting the COVID. Well, there's the continuum, I think, from extremely effective masks to the guy wearing the chin diaper. Which is utterly ineffective. There are some that are probably 20%, 50%, 75% effective, depending how you wear it. 
and and what material is made out of and the rest of it. So I just But I if I'm only wearing it because I told I have to, mm-hmm. I clearly that's the that's the overall if they said today I don't have to wear a mask in this building, I wouldn't wear one. No. So I'm mm-hmm. only wearing it to fulfill a requirement. And of course I think you're that's, not gonna get the, the vid in this building. There's there's no. almost no situation where you would act interact with somebody long enough to get the vid unless they walked out of the elevator just coughing in your face. Uh, how many of y'all are wearing masks at home? Is there anyone <laughs> at home? A home around their own kids in their own house. Yes, Michael, you are. Oh, yeah, I'm double masked actually. Good <laughs> man. Home. And you wear Excellent. a condom at all times, just just in case. <laughs> he wears one of those plastic masks too. You know this whole vid thing. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. Let's let's soar up to thirty thousand feet, shall we, and begin beverage service. The, <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. This the, the whole vid thing has exposed or illuminated the fact that so many people, some of whom, many of whom are very, very smart, well-educated, credentialed, they're in positions of leadership, etc. They have no perspective. They have no ability to just, you know, cloak their 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 thinking in common sense. They're either so far down the rabbit hole of their field, or they're, I don't know, they're overly emotional, but how many people in authority have been exposed as incapable of thinking logically and, and and just being honest and balanced in the way they look at things it's as if everybody is a horny teenager and you got to get their attention and they just go sideways and just they're, they're making all sorts of wild pronouncements and saying i hate you dad and i mean just everybody's nuts who are the reasonable ones we ought to have a national referendum. Who has shown themselves to be thoroughly, consistently reasonable during this thing? Those are the people I want in charge. So we have a breaking news from Disclose.tv, which I started following because Sean told me to. And it is pretty good with breaking news. You know, I, I would debate your use of the phrase, a breaking news, but there was a a prominent newspaper editor. I think he worked for the New York Times. He used to refer to a, a story as a new. Obviously, if we cover the news, a single story is a new. He did? He did. Oh, interesting. It's quirky. Anyway, what is the new? Justin, Iran is 10 weeks away from producing fizzle material to develop a nuclear bomb. The Israeli defense minister, Gantz, tells foreign ambassadors. So Israel is claiming Iran is only 10 weeks away from producing the stuff they need for a nuclear bomb. Uh, If we buy that, if the rest of the world buys that, something's going to happen. I, hmm, given Israel's uh, existential need to prevent Iran from having a bomb, they are always hyper-cautious and occasionally uh, a little excitable. Uh, perhaps even exaggerating uh, Iran's capabilities. On the other hand, I, it would not shock me to find out that Israel had spies and drones and and, and trained animals or whatever within every trained aspect. Trained animals? Of, uh, yeah, yeah. Sod monkeys. Right, exactly. <laughs> Golden retrievers who can speak. Actual talking dogs. But they've got uh, great surveillance capabilities, is my point, And they may know. Huh. I have to dig into that story a little bit more. If the full energy and ingenuity of Israel is put toward knowing where Iran is with their nuclear program, I have a feeling they can get the info they want. So back to uh, the general manager of the day, Governor Andrew Cuomo, briefly. 
to me, the story that is being missed that really should be the, the time should be spent on um, is not the individual things he did to individual women and, and all this sort of stuff is we have a culture, and this is probably true in every state, of political families that can do anything they want mm-hmm. for decades and get away with it. That's the story to me. He's been doing this forever. And everybody was so scared of him. In a, in a, in a country where we've, in theory, designed a, designed a system where, you know, people don't have the power to threaten you and keep you quiet about these sorts of things. The, he, he, nobody, nobody could, uh, nobody could come forward and have any oomph because the Cuomo pow- family was so powerful in New York. So it's for, as if power corrupts. It's exactly. That's the story. Just the the relearning that power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. The Cuomo family so powerful. He got to act like this for decades. To me, that's, that's the whole story. Well, uh, you could also go with he killed many thousands of grandparents and got away with it. But patting a woman on the butt, which I do not excuse for a moment. Mm. Yeah. Or being mean, he he yelled at me, and it really stressed me. That's what gets him. Yeah. That's an odd society we're running. Yeah, jeez, it's it's just amazing that people, you know, it's a it's a very blue state, and he was a powerful blue, part of a part of a powerful blue family. And yeah, Michael, I heard it too, buddy. I heard it too. Yeah, yeah, he dropped an f bomb. He so, sure did. Somebody might want to isolate that. I'm afraid I did. And that's a word I do not say. Isolate that for the coming segments. We'll have to discuss that. <laughs> oh, by the way, Michael, as long as you're on the mic, uh, we cannot hear his whining fake apology too much. And I, mean, I you... truly and deeply apologize for it. Here's, here's the other thing. How do you get to be governor of a, of a big state when he talks like Frosty the Snowman? I'm Frosty. Happy birthday. That's the way he talks. Yes, he does. And everybody acts like he's a genius. Yeah. Up until and yesterday. I truly and deeply apologize for it. For the snow melting. He sounds like a guy who's been kicked in the face by a mule. And everybody everybody acted like he was a genius. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds like a guy you should help. Do you want me to help you with your groceries to the car? Is the way I would treat a guy who talks like that. Right. Not all hail King Cuomo. He should be president. I deny these allegations. (laughs) What do we? What what clip is that? Oh, I don't have it in front of me. Never mind. Do we have his weaselly, weaselly de- denial? And I truly and deeply <laughs> apologize no, for it. Give me thirty-five. Clip thirty-five. I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. Yeah, there's like twenty people say you did, All and your state living. attorney general says you did, and the president's saying you ought to resign. I got another clip here too. And he was a powerful part of a part of a. <laughs> I dropped an f bomb. I'd rather drop the real f bomb than that word. I hate that word. It's disgusting. Oh boy! Oh boy! You're an extremist. Can I hear that one more time? And he was a powerful part of a part yeah. of a. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. Slip of the tongue doesn't count. How does a mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice, and we have a fine freedom-loving quote of the day for you. Yeah, and uh, and we always like uh, your, you to weigh in on these stories. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. The beverage coffee. I could not recommend it more highly. It's just, I, I find it stimulating. Mm, delicious. My son uh, wearing a cup for the first time last night for his football practice. I might start wearing a cup to work. It's just sensible precaution. Against COVID or anything else that might happen. Well, the world is always trying to exactly. kick you in a junk, really. <laughs> it really Metaphorically, is. and it sometimes really literally. Uh-huh. So best to protect oneself. Uh, speaking of, re- of uh, protective equipment, uh, one thinks of, of wrestlers, perhaps. And our freedom-loving quote of the day today. A special audio freedom-loving quote of the day from American wrestler. She's a Texan. Tamara Mensah Stock, what a sweetie, bubbly. She's a black girl, not that that matters, although it kind of does these days. She is a champion, and, and they asked her, uh, well, we'll play you the audio. Last question for you. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S. Love it. Look at that. Listen to that. Love it. Who's the white supremacist? What? (laughs) What now? Where? There aren't any. If you're proud of America, you must be a white supremacist. Well, she's very bad at it. Mailbag. A lot of reaction to our segment about showering at schools yesterday. Yeah. A lot of reaction to our segment about uh, the people who identify as animals. Hmm. This is from Terry. Curious, uh, if someone identifies as a bunny rabbit and I identify as a coyote, am I allowed to chase them down and maul them? That's how nature works. Interesting. LOL, just kidding. Uh, Thank you. Of course, it does not work that way because that would be ridiculous. And to take someone seriously who identified as a bunny would be to indulge their mental illness. Yeah, you say that now. That might not be the uh, approved attitude five years from now. Well, then come and get me, biatches. It's fine. I will go down swinging. Uh, Jack Joe, I have a history degree I got from a relatively conservative college uh, about 25 years ago. I took courses... Such as the Constitution, the Revolution, the Westward Movement, Abraham Lincoln, Modern America, the Civil War. I recently looked at the catalog of courses at the same college, discovered many of the topics I've, uh, I took have either disappeared or morphed into politically correct subjects, such as immigration and the contested American identity. Yep. Communism as civilization. Yep. I, uh, Sexuality uh, and identity in U.S. history. I first noticed this, geez, a full 20 years ago where I live, you know, which would have been on the cutting edge of this sort of thing. I thought, you know what? I want to get uh, a master's in history. So I looked at local university, and there was nothing in there about the stuff he was just talking about originally. Civil War, you know, uh, the, the the Constitution founding, anything like that. There was no, like, normal what I would call history. It was all grievance studies. And I thought, well, I have no interest in any of those. American refugees. The history of forced migration and displaced communities in the United States. Food and justice in U.S. history. So that's interesting. So 20 years ago at my local Berg, which is super liberal, now even at a conservative college, there are no uh, history, history classes. Just like, as Tim Sandifer has been pointed out a while back, that nobody's reading literature in uh, literature classes anymore. 
You know, and I like the point Mike makes. I can only guess at the content of these newer courses, but the narrow focus on popular contemporary topics leads me to believe that students will get a limited exposure to the breadth of United States history and America's contributions to human freedom throughout the world. It's no wonder so many students come out of college at best with little more knowledge than they went in, or worse, with a hatred of the United States and its traditions of individual rights and limited government. Thanks for the sanity you provide on a daily basis. Well, if you don't uh, you're lear- welcome. if you don't learn it in your public school K through twelve, and they don't teach it at the college, where would you pick it up? Just you'd have to have your own personal interest, or your parents made you read a book or something. Where else would you pick it up? Shut and, up and bow down at the altar of Howard Zinn, you fool! And like the story on literature, rather than read Hamlet, you would have a class on. And this is for for real. Go ahead, go to a go to a college curriculum. And look at them. You'll read about um, you know sexism or racism in in Shakespeare. That's mm-hmm. what the class would be about. Yeah, exactly. And and finally, this note from Alnonymous, who points out that most of the stories about people, uh, this is Californians who are trying to buy ammunition because it's practically been outlawed. You have to jump through so many hoops, it's so expensive and time-consuming, you practically can't. So people go across the state line, but the stories are uh, there are cops hanging out, surveilling and busting you. And this guy pointed out those stories are always friend of a friend. Now, I don't They've believe kind it. of I grown in legend. I didn't want to say anything, but I don't believe that for a he second. He says, go, buy it, buy a couple other things, throw away your receipt in the back. And go shoot and have fun. God I, bless America. I will buy ammunition in another state. <laughs> I just, what else am I going to do? Lawbreakers! Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You guys suck! So, so is that the dude we were talking about yesterday <laughs> yeah. that took off his shirt in the bathroom and uh, was groping stewardesses? Yeah, drunk guy on a flight, he's belligerent, he's yelling at people, he goes into the bathroom after spilling something on his shirt, emerges shirtless, walks up and down the aisle, berating people for 15 minutes. 15 minutes shirtless guy walks up and down the aisle. Right. Yelling. Boy, you'd th- that's a long time. Finally, he, he, he gave the reach around to a couple of stewardesses, uh, squeezed their breasts, uh, tried to slug a male steward. Uh, I actually, I was a little concerned because... Uh, I know most... you're wondering, why is Andrew Cuomo for flying coach? <laughs> Hilarious. I was a little concerned uh, because often male stewards are not the beefiest specimens. <laughs> oh, this dude happened to be a big old boy. Really. He was having none of it. Picked the wrong flight. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, we've, we have uh, highlights of that fracas. A video at armstrongandgetty.com. It is quite entertaining. So they ended up duct taping the guy to a seat, but he yes. yells out there at the beginning, he yells out, my parents <laughs> are worth two million damn dollars. <laughs> you guys suck. My parents are worth more than two million damn dollars. There you go. Well, wow. then, uh, oh. let me up duct tape you. You can grab anyone's uh, private parts you want then. Absolutely, sir. I'd be honored if you would berate me. I had no idea you were worth so much. Well, your parents are, and you're yelling that at age 22. If you're yelling that at age 13, I'd think there was something wrong with you. Yeah, I've I've known people who has grown people uh, talked about how much money their parents had, and they don't realize that all the rest of us, most of the rest of us are thinking, yeah, you're Parents, okay, so what does that mean about you? (laughs) 
Folks, don't abuse the alcohol. It makes you say and do stupid stuff. A couple of things I want to hit you with. Um, I'm trying to make some decisions financially, and everybody in the country is trying to guess about the housing market and their 401k. I mean, I mean, it, it just it just feels like a crash is coming. Right. I mean, when you're set, we've been setting records every day in the stock market. All three indexes regularly setting mark uh, records, and then you you got uh, and then the housing market just insane all over the country. And the amount of federal money that's either going into various sectors or being withdrawn soon from various sectors. Uh, the, the the COVID, nobody's sure what's going on with that. There's just enormous amounts of uncertainty in the air. What's the Fed going to do? One guy in the Fed says, well, we need to do this soon. The other guy in the Fed says, no freaking way we're doing that soon. Just feels very precarious. I, mean, I don't know if you've looked at your 401k recently, but you'll be pretty pleased with where it is. But should a person put it into the you know super secure stuff because of crash? I don't know what you should do. Uh, I don't know what I should do. But anyways, looking at this in the Wall Street Journal today, businesses are loading up on credit. Spending could follow. Uh, Businesses are sitting on record amounts of unused credit from U.S. banks. Another quirk in the economic recovery that bankers say could help unleash pent-up spending in the coming months. Yes. Um, This would lead you to believe that the crash is not coming soon. Um, let me read one of the quotes in here from the article, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, it used the word spigot, which I'm a big fan of. That's a good word. Turning on the spigot. Well, unleashed uh, buying like you. You recently procured a camel, for instance. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do have a camel. Yes. That's, uh, you don't have a camel? interesting. You don't have a camel? <laughs> I, d- I don't. Or you just can't. Your camel hasn't gotten here yet. Let me let me text Judy and ask her. Uh, maybe we have one. I just don't remember. No, I have no damn camels. <laughs> uh, they're good at de- eating down the grass and all that sort of stuff. Ah, fabulous. I have um, a mower for that. For instance, auto dealers starved of inventory are sitting on large unused credit lines. Part of it is to do with the, um, uh, the there's all kinds of things going on here. Nobody has any idea what's going to happen because n- the, the, there's no economic precedent for what is going on in the world right now, particularly in America. The amount of money that has been pumped out, the amount of money that's sitting on the sidelines, the the supply chain disruption that's going on that stops people from being able to do various things or businesses from being able to do various things. The fact that you can't hire people because people are being paid so much to stay home. All of these like never have happened before things are happening at the same time. And nobody has the slightest idea. Well, at least one of the most critical choke points, computer chips, isn't being controlled by a vicious communist regime. Oh, that's right. It is. So throw that into the stew. Yeah, so the uh, the Wall Street Journal believes that businesses are about to turn on the, 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 the spigot and uh, consumers are about to turn on the crazy demand for all kinds of different things as soon as supply gets caught up and workers get in place and all this sort of stuff. So the economy could just roar in the next year. So that would lead you to believe that the idea of like turning safe now would be a real mistake. But timing the market is a uh, a perilous thing to do or the iota variant could prove uh, that it eludes the vaccines uh, the fed does something untoward oh, joe boy. biden dies kamala harris is revealed as an idiot there's a collapse <laughs> there's a depression cannibalism uh, it's a camel eating probably certainly uh, who knows 
Who knows? I, I was just reading a long bit of analysis about the economy and which way it's probably going to go. And I realized halfway through it that uh, I, boo, not only can I not make sense of this, the, the most skilled commentators and economists on earth can't make sense of all this. So oh, no, I don't no, know. No. Hold on tight. If they don't start any article with, we're completely guessing here. Yeah. Because I've read enough articles in the Wall Street Journal. We're in such unprecedented territory. Like I said, there's like eight variables that are unprecedented. Yeah. Let alone one big variable that's unprecedented. They're like, there's a, a whole handful of them that are unprecedented. And this, this stew, this storm of all these different things, how they come together. It's a storm stew with inflation or a stew storm and spending <laughs> and everything else. Like nobody has any idea. Oh my God. And then, you know, it's funny. I was just going to flip to something. <laughs> storm stew. <laughs> it's a stew storm. It's storming beef stew. <laughs> It's raining tacos from out of the sky. <laughs> anyway, what I was uh, the next thing I was going to talk about was the uh, the Chinese bat fever situation in Florida, which of course the uh, mainstream media is thrilled to report on because they hate Ron DeSantis. Um, but uh, then it occurred to me uh, you have to add the the layer of misinformation, media bias, and information siloing because the economy runs on information. Absolutely. Consumer so, confidence. So you end up with a stew storm. Yeah. Um, uh, that reminds me, I heard the stats today that only a third of New Yorkers are vaccinated. One of the biggest lies this year in the media was a good month-long barrage of stories about how stupid Trump voters aren't getting the vaccine because stupid, evil Fox News and their hosts are telling people not to get it. That is just a complete pile of crap. Talking about the siloing of information. It turns out there's every bit as many uh, uh, liberals out there who voted by New York's all Democratic. It's just bl- Four out of five voters in New York are Democrat, and only a third of them have gotten the vaccine. So wow. no, they, did, they didn't do that because Sean Hannity told them. So that, <laughs> that's just a load of crap. There's a whole bunch of people that haven't gotten the vaccine for a variety of reasons. Um, which is, is interesting, but trying to paint it as a dumb uh, Trump voters and it's Fox's fault, right-wingers' fault, is just plain a lie. And, man, that persisted on CNN and MSNBC for weeks up until yeah. just, like, recently. Absolutely. Uh, one more story I wanted to hit you with just because I came across this graph. Uh, and keep in mind before I tell you these numbers that this is with everyone in America being told nonstop that global warming is the cause of everything and that it's for real and it's man-made and we can fix it. My kids learn that in school every class. They're taught about that in some way. Well, right, and there is not, and I, I will stand by these words unless conceivably it's on a conservative website, but there is not a story about a storm, about a heat wave, about a drought, about a hurricane, about a wildfire that does not invoke uh, climate change. So uh, I thought it was interesting, these poll numbers, they are asking adults on the role of climate change in the drought in the West and the role of climate change in the rising sea levels. Um, is it a direct result of climate change? It just happens or not sure. For instance, for the drought in the West, non-st- it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's presented to you in mainstream media as if, of course, it's climate change. We're not even, we're not even having the discussion. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's stated as a truism. Right? Uh, and they're teaching your kids that at school. 
44%, the plurality says it's a direct result, but 36% said it just happens, and 20% not sure. So 56% are it just happens or not sure. Even with the bombarding in school and media of that uh, this is all climate change, I think that's pretty interesting. How dare you? And as far as the sea level rising, there are more people that uh, say direct result, 53%, but still 29%, it just happens, and 19%, not sure. So about half of the country is, it just happens, or not sure. Even with the overwhelming, we're being pressured every day to believe in climate change. So it's not it's not as universal as you'd be led to believe. Well, you can call it rising sea levels. I call it oceanfront equity. People who've lived on beaches for years and years, expensive real estate, enjoying the ocean. Well, now it's time for the inlanders to get some oceanfront property. Just it's be- equity. Just because you were born in Malibu, you get oceanfront property. But if I'm born in Ely, Nevada, I don't get oceanfront property. Well, it's time that God did something about that. It's time for Fresno to have beaches. It's time for Columbus, Ohio to have oceanfront property. Boy, if it gets to Columbus and Ely, things are things have gotten pretty bad. <laughs> It's all wrong. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> I brought up Ely because I ran into a guy yesterday who's from Ely, which is interesting. It's one of the most remote places in America, if you've never been there. Yeah. it's. Uh, I wrote a song once about Ely, Nevada. Some people I observed in a convenience store. It's not a very good song, and it's not a very good convenience store. But uh, 45 minutes, 45-minute drive to the nearest town, and it's a tiny town of nothing, yeah. uh, just like Ely is. And he rode the school bus uh, hour 45 every day. To school and back. Great Scott. Because it's just so far <laughs> from everything. Kind of interesting. Anyway, it was a football practice. Is where I was watching my son do the first contact football practice last night. He uh, he was uh, he did better with the contact than I was expecting. He uh, didn't shy away from it. Ah, yeah, excellent. Yeah. Toughen him up, make a man of him. <laughs> and one interesting thing. It, it, this is not new information. I didn't like, you know, invent this clever theory. But it's so clear when you're watching football or any sports, really. But watching football, that it is human beings acting out our need as adults to teach the next generation of men how to fight a war. It's so clearly yes. what that that whole thing is. Yeah, yeah. And and men is a well chosen term. While there are some women who are, are fine with uh, throwing their, uh, you know. Uh, with violence, with perpetrating violence, which is what war is. Having coached uh, boys and girls soccer for years and years and years, the innate differences in them, not learned, but innate, is it's, it's undeniable. And anybody who does deny it, by the way, is a crazy person, which includes virtually all of the professors on your local college campus. Our village is not going to go to war with the village next door, but that's still in our DNA. It's in our genes, and that's what they're learning there in the football field. They're learning camaraderie and to be part of a unit and how to work together to uh, to do violent things. It's so clearly the case. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The gridiron. Yeah. And that's why they use all the war metaphors in football. Da, 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 da. I quit football and played on the golf team. But maybe I'm like artillery. I'm not. Maybe, uh, I, I send objects a long way to, uh, toward a target. <laughs> huh? <laughs> that's what I'm training for. Um, do we want to get into some of the Andrew Cuomo stuff? Yeah, we can, certainly. He's a scumbag, as it turns out. Which everybody has known for years. Also, let's take a look at the COVID situation in Florida, which is getting all sorts of mainstream media attention. Uh, What's true, what's not true, and what perspective should you have on Florida and the Delta variant? Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.
the rider that's certainly gotten the most attention, 29-year-old Jessica Springsteen. And we are almost certainly in a position in this competition where Jesse will need to jump clear. Oh, a rail goes down. Tip. Barely hit it. Just ticked the rail. The disappointment for Jessica Springsteen. So Bruce Springsteen's daughter, who rides multi-gazillion-dollar horses in the Olympics, uh, if you if you're old enough to remember the vibe from '70s and '80s Springsteen, I was born in a factory town where dressage horses are tough to come by. <laughs> My family only had three at a hundred and fifty thousand bucks each. <laughs> Your daughter being a dressage horse racer or whatever she is, hilarious, is not exactly his brand. But what are you going to do? Your horse kicked over the log. You suck. <laughs> Bob Seeger's daughter's horse would never kick over that log. You suck. <laughs> oh boy uh, so uh, COVID in Florida COVID hospitalizations have reached a record high uh, I've been uh, studying the Florida situation because the nation's media is gleeful about reporting anything that bad anything bad that happens in Florida because they don't want Ron DeSantis to uh, to get more cred and more popularity and, and become the president next time so uh, anyway, here are the facts. They have indeed reached a record high in hospitalizations in Florida. Uh, I'm not worried about cases so much because it's mostly young people who are mostly just fine. But it is true that they're seeing more and more people in their 20s and 30s in the hospital uh, with the Delta variant than they did in any of the other uh, variants. Uh, let's see. Skimming down, Florida's seven-day average for newly reported deaths is 61 a day. Uh, now, that's less than a third of the peak for new deaths hit a year ago. So we're at a record for hospitalizations, but we're at less than a third of the peak for deaths. But there are a couple of buts here. It's also up from daily averages in the 20s as recently as mid-July. So in the last three weeks, we've gone from 20-something deaths to 60-something deaths in Florida. So it is significant, and it is fairly alarming, and uh, it's, it's to be taken seriously. Across America, the rolling 14-day average of cases, now 92,000 new cases a day. That's up 139%. Uh, but... Uh, you know, a, a lot of it is people that have chosen because they feel like the COVID's not going to hurt them much not to get the vaccine. It's almost entirely unvaccinated people. Choice people made. I have no problem with that. You get to. I don't know why I have to react to your decisions, but that's what they're making me do. Yeah, the only thing I would suggest to y'all is that if you made an assessment about COVID and the risks and the percentages and your age and your health, et cetera. You have to reassess yeah. now with the Delta variant. Yeah. The, the, it's a new equation. All yeah. of the numbers are different. Yeah. If your calculation was based on the original COVID, this is a different COVID. Right. Right. And there's, uh, there's more they don't know about this COVID, too. So that's a little scary. Hey, I, there's a German study out. Yeah. Uh, if this turns out to be true, it'd be interesting. It says that natural immunity is seven times stronger than what you're getting from the vaccine. So having getting the COVID and getting over it, you 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 are seven times more resistant to getting COVID again than somebody who got the vaccine. 
And it shouldn't need to be said, but it does need to be said that a significant percentage of the people who are not getting vaccinated are doing so because they've had the COVID and they don't think there's any point. I don't know if that's 30% or 80% or something in between, Mm -hmm. but it exists. Got an interesting note from the always stimulating Paolo. Uh, talks about uh, herd immunity and, and uh, the Delta variant and uh, vaccinations. It means we need to get people vaccinated. Arm-twisting strategies, including requiring vaccination to fully participate in society. Uh, New York City requiring proof of vaccination for indoor dining, gyms, theaters, uh, etc. New York Times opinion piece talks about increasing health insurance premiums for the unvaccinated. Also health, also health insurers are ending the policy adopted at the beginning of the pandemic of waiving co-payments and deductibles for COVID treatments. So there are a lot of good financial reasons to get the vaccination and it's growing. On the other hand, if you've already had the vid, I sympathize with you. Why are people hounding you to get the shot? I get it. And the country club said our horse is too slow. And our trainer went and worked for the Kennedys. Some of the heartfelt working class lyrics from songs about being a gazillionaire who has special racehorses. I went down to the stable where my $300,000 horse had a blockage in his intestine. (laughs) In his intestine. Armstrong and Getty.